0: Hey Podians, thank you so much for joining me for episode 76 of the Yours Truly podcast, Claire Tuning, your non-diet registered dietitian reporting for duty. (laughs) When I did that, I saluted. (laughs) I really wish you guys could have seen me. My neighbors probably think I'm insane because I literally just saluted my microphone and my computer. Anywho, I am so happy that you are here today for our episode, and I feel like me getting things started off with my normal, quirky, odd sense of humor type self is very fitting for the guest that I am so excited to introduce to you all today. Her name is Heather Rudelavage. How about that for a last name that I wrote out here phonetically so I would not mispronounce it, but I'm so excited to introduce her to you all today she is a fellow intuitive eating health at every size or haze aligned registered dietitian i think i might have already said registered dietitian but she is she's a fellow rd and she's someone who i was saying just gets it i love having like-minded professionals here on the podcast because we connect on so many levels we're able to take our conversation to a lot of different places that i feel like will be so helpful for you here who is listening today and as you will see throughout our conversation we definitely have very similar senses of humor so before i give her her full intro you know what we gotta do here on the yours truly podcast we have a little announcement and then i have to intro our goal slaying post of the week so announcement pretty simple i believe i said this last week as well But I did a non-diet New Year's webinar at the beginning of this year. It was one of my most popular webinars I've ever done. I've received a slew of messages. Does anybody say the word slew anymore? I don't know. It means a lot. Maybe that's a Southern thing, but a lot of messages after the fact saying, oh my goodness, Claire, uh, the replay link has expired. Is there any way that I can still watch it? So my answer is yes, because I have downloaded the video file, I have uploaded it to a private Private link on YouTube. So if you want access to that, it's 50 minutes of content, me talking about why typical dieting goals do not work, why it's not you. It really is the diet that does not work and sets you up for failure. And we talk about what the heck even is a non-diet goal. That's actually something that you'll even hear Heather and I talk about today in this episode, but I go really in-depth there. I give multiple examples of what this might look like for you and also I send you away from the webinar with a free non-diet goal planning guide. So really, it's just a document with a recap of everything I talked about in the webinar. And also, it really will help you to break everything down that you have learned to walk away from this experience, knowing exactly what next step steps, steps, good one, Claire, what next steps you can take to implement these healthy behaviors into your own life, which again, you will hear Heather and I speak about in this episode so if you want to get your hands on this recording and this goal planning guide all you have to do is reach out to me on any social media channel Instagram at Claire Tuning. Facebook is, yep, you guessed it, my name, Claire Tuning. You can even send me an email if you're not on social media. It is yours, truly, Nutrition at gmail.com. Just say webinar or, hey, I want the webinar. Something to let me know that is what you're asking for, and I will snag your email address and get you on the list. So that is announcement number one. And now we have our Yours Goal Slaying feature post of the week. This one actually came in not that long ago from when I am recording this. This is with a current one-on-one client of mine who had her call yesterday with me and we had a really wonderful conversation and I hope her reflection here will be helpful for you. So she writes, As my email makes annoying loud noises, she writes, I had a call with Claire today and it was amazing. I've been feeling the ups and the downs on my journey. I had an amazing week about two weeks ago and then last week I was so confused and conflicted. Was I meant to be on this journey? Am I doing this right? Where do I go from here? Claire reassured me that it's all so very normal. Our journey isn't linear. It's meant to have ups and downs. I am now going to start a two-sentence journal on my phone for things that I am thankful for and an affirmation each day. I am feeling so much better after the call and I am excited to model moving forward. So, I want to thank, 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 thank this goal slayer, this current client of mine who was really honest and transparent in her post here. I know it can be very easy to look on social media and see all of the highlights of an intuitive eating journey, right? I feel so much better around food and I can go out to eat without second guessing myself and I haven't used my fitness pal in months, right? All of these things that are so very exciting, but oftentimes they do. Do not come, those air quote results, do not come without the struggles and and their fair amount of, of ups and downs on this journey as well. So this client came to me, we had a very honest conversation about, yeah, this journey is not always sunshine and rainbows and butterflies, and it's hard, it's very challenging to unlearn years of dieting, uh, years of dieting practices, years of these lessons that diet culture has taught us to be true. About food in our bodies, and then relearn a version of health and self care and nutrition eventually that really serves to nourish us and not take away from other aspects of our health. So, we talked about how it's normal to be questioning, how it's normal to sometimes feel confused and feel like the girl in the back seat or the inner critic. Again, as you will hear Heather talk about in this episode today, it's normal to sometimes feel like those internal voices are getting getting the best of you, but that is really why coaching, why having someone in your corner, why being in a community like our Facebook community can be so powerful and so life-changing because when you're having these days where you're questioning, you're feeling really down on yourself, you're saying, "Why the heck am I here? Am I even doing this right?" You have people in your corner to say, "This is why you started." It's normal what you're experiencing. How can we maybe refocus and look through a different lens to help you to keep moving forward on this journey and focus on some things that might really help to meet you where you are right now? So if you are interested in joining our free goal slaying community here on Facebook, we would love to have you, as you can tell from every week that I talk about this on the podcast. And it is a very supportive and very uplifting community. If you would like to join us, the first way you can do so is by clicking the link in my bio on Instagram that will take you to a brief application just so I can get to know you and I can share a few ground rules so we can keep this community as supportive as possible and then the other way you can get your hands on that application is just find it on Facebook so type in the search bar the yours truly goal slayers it will come up you can request to join and then I will message you the application from there of course you can also email me if both of those options feel too complicated but um, most people are able to find it that way so without further ado I feel like I need another transition song but I don't have one (laughs) la 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 Um, I'm not gonna turn my podcast into a singing podcast because I think that would really tank the ratings my friend but I'm so excited as I said earlier to introduce our guest for today's episode Heather rude oh no Oh no, I'm gonna mess up the pronoun- pronunciation. <laughs> I haven't written out phonetically, but it's escaping me, and now these words just look like jumble. So, rudolavage. there we go, I got it. I just had to calm down a little bit, come back into my body, reconnect with my vocal cords, but I am really, really hyped to bring you Heather today. She has been a dietitian in this area of the field, intuitive eating and health at every size, for 10 plus years now, so she has a wealth of knowledge, she has a wealth of experience, and she really does a beautiful job here with my questions taking a lot of these really complicated topics and these really nuanced types of conversations. And she breaks them down into ways that are really easy to understand. So I am hopeful that you will walk away from this episode, understanding a little bit more about well, what does health at every size even mean? Maybe what are some misconceptions around it? You know, what are some things that maybe you can say to a healthcare provider, you know, your doctor a nurse, whoever that might be to challenge them if they are saying, you know, You must change your body or you must lose weight. How can you maybe look at that recommendation through a different lens? How can you maybe get some more tips and pieces of advice to serve you in the here and now? Um, So that's something really wonderful that we go over. We also talk a little bit about, you know, what does a health behavior look like and how can you get started with those? I think a lot of the times when we are focusing on intuitive eating as a whole and working towards better self-compassion and taking care of ourselves, it can often seem very daunting. So I ask Heather a question at the end about, you know, what can someone take away from this episode to do today to care for their here and now selves, their here and now bodies. So rest assured that you will walk away um, with some more knowledge and some more ideas around these movements as a whole but also with some tactical tips and items to hopefully serve you as soon as possible moving forward from this episode. So without further ado if you would like to connect with Heather online she goes by Hayes Philly RD on Instagram. She told me there at the end she's also working on a novel so please be sure to follow along with her for some content that is very fun very lighthearted, and it will really be reflective of much of what we talk about today. So again, without further ado, here is my conversation with Heather. All right. So we are back with another episode of the yours truly podcast. I'm sitting here camera to camera with Heather Rudolavage. I hope I said the last name correctly, literally two seconds before we hit record. I was like, Heather, how do you say your last name? (laughs) Because I don't want to butcher it. But Heather, I am so excited to have you here on the podcast. How are you doing up there in Philly this morning? I'm doing great. Great. Super excited to be here, Claire. Thanks so much for having me. You are so welcome. And as I briefed you before we hit record, we have a little segment here on the podcast that we dive into before we do anything else, which is called This or That. I need like game show music at this point, I think. So (laughs) I have five questions so that we can get to know a little bit more about you and just who you are beyond a registered dietitian. So are you ready, Heather?
1: i am ready <laughs> okay first question
0: iced coffee or
1: hot coffee um i'm gonna say tea i am not a coffee drinker
0: <laughs> okay i thought about adding like a little footnote saying or not coffee at all but i figured you might go that route if that was you <laughs> so you're a tea person what what kind of tea are you like a green tea black tea
1: yeah, so I like um, mostly hot teas. I really like English breakfast and Earl Grey and Irish breakfast tea. Those are my favorites. Wow, but I am, yeah. you know, not opposed to trying all different flavor teas, so.
0: Those are all quality <laughs> options. <laughs> <laughs> not just teasing upon. Um Okay, uh, question two, pancakes or waffles?
1: Ooh, um, I'm going to go with waffles. I make a pretty mean waffle, so I'm going to go with
0: I'm going to have to make a trip up to Philly and knock on your door, say, hi, (laughs) waffle, please. yeah you know it's funny I, I get waffles once in a while when I'm out to breakfast
1: and they never um, they never measure up so yeah,
0: that's uh, <laughs> that's how I feel about peanut butter and jelly like whenever I order one out I'm like I could have done this so much better myself <laughs> What am I even doing um, question three summer sports or winter sports and this could be do you prefer watching one or the other better do you prefer interacting with those just which one do you prefer
1: I'm going to go with summer because I really enjoy hiking outdoors. Um, My family um, are all skiers, but I personally am not a big skier. So um, I'm going to go with summer. Yeah, swimming, um, beach, kind of, uh, yeah, warm weather stuff.
0: Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. I went skiing for the first time in my adult life around this time last year, and the only thing I knew going onto the slopes was pizza french fry. <laughs> it's like the only thing I knew the first time I fell, I was like, I'm so not about this, what if I get Aww. injured? Like my, my worry wart self definitely started to, to show herself. So I'm with you there on the summer sports. <laughs> um, movie night in or night out on the town, whether it's you know dinner, going out with friends, would you rather be in or out? Oh, um, probably generally out,
1: although I don't mind being in either. So I'm going <laughs> to split it down the middle, but I do enjoy hanging out. I, I actually, my favorite meal out is lunch. I
0: love eating lunch out, yeah. but you know, dinner out and movie is, is fun too. So <laughs> it probably depends on the day, depends on your mood, your energy levels, things like that. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right, final one that I have, and this is a very important one. Are you a taco fan or a burrito fan? Oh, taco. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I was actually thinking the other day, they're really not that different. Just a taco is open on the top where a burrito is closed. Like there's really not, someone's probably going to get angry that I said that, but there's really Yeah, isn't a burrito with like a flour tortilla and a taco is
1: like a corn shell?
0: No? Oh, is that, because I know you can get tacos with flour tortillas as well, but maybe like The true definition of a taco is like corn tortilla or burritos flour, you definitely could be right there.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with taco.
0: Okay. I would have to agree with you. I'm a taco fan as well. So um, that wraps, wraps up our this or that segment. Thank you for participating. Tea, summer sports, waffles, we just know so much more about you now. So um, and now I'm super excited to maybe have you introduce yourself. Um, for the longest time, I have to be honest, and I did not tell you this before we hit record because I thought it would be funny to share here live. But I thought your handle on Instagram, I thought it was Happy Silly RD because for some reason in my mind, Hayes Philly. Just when I looked at it from a glance, it Uh, looked like Happy Silly. So (laughs) up until very recently, I didn't know your true handle. But (laughs) maybe go ahead and get uh, give anyone who is listening a little bit of an idea of who you are and maybe how you found intuitive eating and the health at every size movement that has kind of led you to where you are today.
1: Okay, sure. Um, so currently I am what I call um, a health at every size sort of weight neutral registered dietitian. So I really enjoy helping women achieve their health and wellness goals with compassion, empathy, and a dash of humor. And I feel so connected with you, Claire, because I just think that we could just giggle all day long, which is awesome. But um, I love just bringing um, a lightness and um, fun to my sessions with clients because I feel like so often with a healthcare provider, it's always so serious. And I think that we can have a lot of fun and food should be fun. So, yeah. Um, that's kind of how I practice. But, um, I stumbled on intuitive eating about 10 years ago when I first started my business, I was coming off of being a stay at home mom, uh, for 10 years and my youngest was about three or four. And I was starting to think about going um, back to work and I had done so much soul searching because at that time I was thinking, do I even want to be a dietitian anymore? Um, and so, I was thinking, I really need to do something for myself. And I was like, hey, I know I'll start a business. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so at that time, I came up with my name, which is intuitive nutrition. And I Googled it just to see if it was already taken. And the book intuitive eating uh, popped up and I was like, huh. And i ordered it off of amazon read it cover to cover and was like oh my god you know there's there's dietitians out there that think the same way i do and they've already written a book i was so pumped about it um it just it was so counter to everything i had learned in school and um i was like this is how i want to practice so i went ahead and emailed evelyn and elise and uh it was evelyn that got back to me and she said well we just completed our um our counseling uh, training course in, in LA, but we recorded it on CD. <laughs> so she said, if you listen to the CDs um, and, and take a, a quick kind of quiz, you can become an intuitive, uh, certified intuitive eating counselor. And I was like, yes, that's what I want to do. Um, and so that's kind of how I stumbled on it.
0: Yeah. And as we were talking about before we hit record, I feel like many dietitians who practice within the intuitive eating framework, their story always begins with, well, I stumbled upon it (laughs) or, well, you know, it's kind of a funny story. I feel like many people who I know it wasn't this you know, moment where they had to seek out this book or, you know, this framework. Now it might be a little bit more like that since we hear it being talked about so Mm much more often and so much more frequently. But I think it's so interesting that you Googled the name of your business to see if it was (laughs) taken and you found something that has really formed where you've been able to take your practice. And I love that you kind of laughed a couple of moments ago when you said, haha, it was on a CD, (laughs) Um, which, which is funny because, you know, many, computers now don't even have a cd drive yeah interestingly enough i can affirm that part of the process to become an intuitive certified intuitive eating counselor now still involves those cds i have them sitting here on my (laughs) shelf when i got a new computer i was like how do i play these
1: (laughs) i I was actually just thinking about reaching out to evelyn and saying um i would love to listen to those cds again but i even my car no longer has you know the cd player or anything so um thinking about asking her if it was on mp3 or something but i guess not maybe yeah.
0: not i think might i don't know when i when i signed up for the course and you know got into the certification that was mailed to me so i was like well i guess they're moving forward with cds so yeah i listen to them in the car i have a little bit of an older car and now i have like an external cd drive that i plug into my computer oh. so it, it works on, on that level for sure but um something that you kind of mentioned there in your story especially at the beginning which I totally agree that we are one in the same of bringing just kind of a lightness and a little bit of humor, because like you said, so often when someone goes in to see their healthcare practitioner or when they're talking to someone about food specifically, because you know, that's often shrouded in so much shame and so much negativity and guilt, it can be really refreshing. And I've had clients say this to me before, like I've never heard someone talk about food in a way that's fun. Or, you know, yeah. I really love our sessions because I know you're not going to shame me or, you know, I, I know there's not going to be any negative talk about food. So we definitely see eye to eye on that. And I can definitely agree that I see some similarities in our humor for sure. But something that you mentioned there at the beginning, you said you identify as a haze aligned, um, intuitive eating aligned registered dietitian. And something that I find happening very, very often with both of those things, intuitive eating, And the health at every size movement is there's a lot of misguided information. There's a lot of misconceptions. And oftentimes when you say something like health at every size or haze, sometimes in my experience, people can often get defensive. Like, you know, what do you mean weight loss doesn't need to be my focus because my doctor told me very differently or my doctor says I must. So I kind of have two parts to this question, I guess. And the first one is just, what does health at every size mean to you and how do you kind of implement that in your work with your clients?
1: Um, yeah, so I, I think it is really misunderstood and um, even today I'll look, I'll see things on social media and be like, oh gosh, that's that's not intuitive eating, you know. Um, but even when I first started, as I was telling you Claire, before we uh, hit record, um, when I first started my my practice, I was thinking um, intuitive eating kind of meant okay. Well, I'm gonna like listen to my hunger cues. I'm gonna stop when I'm full. I'm gonna eat when I'm hungry, and I'm not gonna emotionally eat. And then I'll magically lose weight. Um, and that's you know I made that mistake too in the beginning. And of course now, ten years down the road, I've I've grown and I've learned, and I'm and I'm doing a little bit better, but. Um, particularly with the health at every size, I think where it really blends is that to me, health at every size means putting weight on the back burner so that you can really focus on health behaviors. And so if you make weight the priority, Unfortunately, it either may never happen or it takes so long to happen that a lot of people will just give up because they're not seeing the results that they want to see, meaning they're looking at the scale and they're not seeing those results. And so if we kind of put that on the back burner and we say, well, how are you taking care of yourself? What's your sleep like? What's your stress like? Um, And we can kind of start to look at the person holistically and get those things aligned. Because everyone, at the end of the day, I think most people sort of know what they should be doing. And so um, I don't know about you, Claire, but this is how I think about it is like, okay, well, why are you not doing those health behaviors that you know you should be doing? Um, And so if we can figure out that why, then people can make a lot of progress. And at the same time, you're introducing sort of body positivity and acceptance and explaining to people, look, you know, there's genetics involved and there's all these other things involved and so we can't guarantee what's going to happen to your weight we don't know it's a cliffhanger right your weight could go up it could go down we don't know (laughs) but let's not even talk about let's take it off the table and really focus on taking care of you and the body that you have right now
0: yeah i i love that description and often i will describe it in, in similar ways to people who come to me saying what like you're not going to ask me for my weight or, you know, you're not going to ask me to use my scale. I say, no, you know, we're not going to do that. And it's okay. If you still are using your scale, right? We can talk about how to distance yourself from that. But I find many people, if they're in the right headspace for this message, it's very refreshing, right? Because they've been told up until this point, well, you have to track this metric or you have to do X, Y, and Z, or it's your fault, right? There's this idea of self-blaming if you aren't Seeing that quote-unquote progress that you're hoping for but when you introduce hey there are so many different factors that go into this it's not just what you eat or don't eat and how you yeah. move, it can often alleviate a lot of that self-blame and self-shame, and it can open up a lot of space, I find, for health-promoting behaviors that add joy and fun and nourishment into someone's life. And something that I often talk about as well, and I'm sure you might agree with this, kind of hearing what you just shared, I actually talked about this on an episode that aired recently where I was focusing on, you know, do you need to break up with your scale? I find oftentimes when individuals are using a scale in maybe a way that is not serving them, that is unhealthy, that is disordered, when they're not seeing that quote unquote progress or that weight loss, it often takes them farther away from health promoting behaviors, right? Because they think, well, if that didn't work, then there's no point in me doing X, Y, and Z or maybe it takes them down the rabbit hole of engaging in more disordered habits, right? Maybe I should eat less and continue to move more. Um, do you ever kind of see that happening when individuals have the relationship with the scale that it can often be demotivating when it comes to healthy behaviors in the long run?
1: Absolutely. I, I actually say it is a lose-lose proposition because you either get on the scale and you see a number that you're happy with, and then you're like, oh, I can relax a little bit and those kind of older habits start to slip back in, right? Because Mm -hmm. we're like, I made it, you know, I'm at the top of the mountain and now I can like relax a little bit Um, or, uh, or, or you see a number you don't like and you're thinking, oh, it's just not worth it. Forget it. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to go back to, you know, eating Taco Bell every day or whatever it was. Yes. Yes. Um, and so that's it there is no upside to it and i think too it, it affects people's uh mood if they get on the scale in the morning i mean i'm not a, i never was a big weigher, and i haven't weighed myself in god knows how long and i was really proud because the last time i went to the doctor i told them i didn't want to be weighed and they were cool with it yes. um and so anyway but i think for a lot of people that do weigh themselves they get on the scale and it just it sets the mood for the day
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: And it's just such a superficial number. It doesn't tell you anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't tell you anything really. So I think, so what, and I think too, the other thing is we're sort of trying to micromanage this thing, this, this number that particularly for women is so difficult to micromanage because we have, you know, weight fluctuations and hormones and all this other stuff going on. So why are we trying to micromanage this thing that's like, Tough to micromanage.
0: Totally. Something that I will often say. I love how you have sayings, I have sayings, they're all (laughs) very long the same lines. But I I say, and I've heard many other dietitians and health professionals say within this framework, right? Micromanaging your body is a very false sense of control because you really don't have full or a lot at all control over how your body fluctuates, right? You know, everything that our body does on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis is to protect us. And is to serve us and isn't that an incredible thing and that is going to result in those fluctuations that are out of our control so if we're kind of using this i call it the sad plastic box as uh something to really you know determine how our day is going to go or determine how we do or don't take care of ourselves i couldn't agree with you more that it's that very lose-lose type of situation And you said something a a few moments ago and you smiled as you said it. The, The audience couldn't see or hear you smiling, but you said that you were really proud of yourself because the last time you went to your physician's office, you politely declined being weighed. So I would love to dive into, and this actually ties into something that I wanted to ask about um, an Instagram post that you had recently talking about how, you know, you're a dietitian that supports healthy behaviors. The weight does not have to be the end all be all. And oftentimes though, a lot of the, the messaging or the advice that we can receive from other healthcare professionals are, well, you have to lose weight for, insert reason here for your health for your joints for mm. whatever reason that might be so i guess my question is kind of twofold like many of my questions are the first I hope i'm doing be, okay
1: Answer them. <laughs> Claire, 'Cause I might be just going off on tangents. I don't you're
0: know. Doing, you're doing an incredible job, much better than I could call because these are tough, these are like heavy questions yeah. with a lot of a lot of sides. But the, the first question is if you know someone is heading into their physician's office and you know, maybe they're what they're going in for is totally unrelated to weight. Maybe it's like I have chronic headaches or like I broke my finger, you know, whatever they might be going in for, but the advice that they were perceive is very weight focused or weight centric. What are maybe some things that people could either ask if they feel comfortable or just maybe some things to help them think critically about, is this something that I need to take as like the end all be all piece of information or might it be beneficial to kind of look at this through a different lens? Does that question kind of make sense?
1: Yeah, and I and I think it's unfortunate, but I think physicians in particular do seem to be so weight focused um, that even for me, and and I'm not in a particularly large body, but I have gotten that well, maybe you should lose weight conversation, and it's like, wow, okay, and um, it, it is really difficult, um, and I think uh, it's it's a type of thing where maybe baby steps because. If you're not someone who's used to kind of questioning that authority of a physician, it can be really difficult. But one simple thing you could possibly try is sort of say, well, what would you say to someone in a smaller body? You know, or what, what would you suggest or what other suggestions could we try while we're waiting for my weight to change? And maybe you know that your weight may or may not ever change, but you know, what, what are some things that we could try in the near future (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) today? Like, what can I go home with today? Because if it's joint pain, it, it may be this, um, maybe it's offering some gentle stretching or physical therapy, um for a long time i had uh back issues actually i was getting into a kayak (laughs) at the beach and i sort of plopped down and and kind of was like wow i I felt that in my back and sort of suffered some back issues for a long time and uh you know my physician was sort of him and hon well you know we could i could send you to an orthopedic and blah 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 but they're probably just going to recommend physical therapy and i was like well, how about if I just go to the physical therapist? <laughs> like, why don't, <laughs> why don't we just skip the orthopedic, you know, and go right to physical therapy? And so I did that and it was, it was really super helpful. So, um, and, and actually my doctor had given me these, quote, exercises, which I had been doing for a month with no result. And when I went to the physical therapist, she was kind of saying, yeah, you, you weren't ready for those exercises yet. <laughs> those are back strengthening exercises, but not sort of back repair exercises. So um, anyway, there goes one of my tangents. But um, I <laughs> I think you have to really think about, well, how, you know, how can I get the care that I need from this person? And if you truly feel like you're not getting the care that you deserve, you can always shop around. Like you are the customer, I think is really you, that, that's it. You're the customer. And if your physician is kind of not in line with your beliefs and is not willing to budge on that, there are plenty of other physicians around.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the things that you said that really stood out to me is kind of asking them, okay, I hear you have this recommendation, but what can I do today to care for my here and now body? Because the thing that I find happening a lot with, you know, friends, family, any of my clients, they go, go into a physician. And if this recommendation or this comment is made, it's just kind of like a passing thing. Right. And we know there are many different Things that play into this. You know, physicians don't have a lot of time. They aren't the ones who likely have the education or the background to be doing nutrition education. So they're not completely at fault. And I understand that, but it's kind of like this passing recommendation that is made of, hey, change your body. And there may or may not be a lot of advice, if any, that is given. And if any is given, it might be something really crazy. Like I've had clients come to me saying, well, my physician said to do this to lose weight. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like talk about a recipe for a future disordered relationship with food. And especially if there's no questions asked about what is the past relationship with food or do you have a history of restriction? So I love that idea of, okay, doc, I know I I hear you have this thing. And especially, you know, my personality specifically, I'm not super confrontational. So just kind of um, acknowledging that they've said something, but saying, well, do you have anything else that I can maybe do more in the short term because I do have this pain Or, you know, even if my body were to change, we know that that's not going to happen overnight. So kind of challenging them in that way, I think, is a really interesting idea. Um, With that, um, have you ever, I guess I'm blanking on a question, but um, any of your clients, here I am, like, oh my gosh, I had a question and it totally just disappeared. Um, but have any of your clients ever come in and they've um, been successful in kind of challenging this from a physician or, you know, what might you even say? I guess this is a better way to frame it. If, you know, a client came in and they were saying, you know, I want a challenge and I, I want to frame this in a new way. What are maybe some um, pieces of advice or like little tiny pieces of research that you could equip them with to say, hey, you know, if you do get pushback on this. You could tell them that, you know, we find that weight loss is ineffective in the long run. Just kind of anything along those lines that you could maybe share for anyone listening who is like, okay, I feel comfortable challenging, but I want to know exactly why I'm challenging, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think I, think I hear what you're getting at. So mm-hmm. I do actually, because I... I lease space from a physician's office. I do get a lot of clients that have never heard of intuitive eating, never seen my website, and are coming to me because the doctor said, you know, I have diabetes or I have pre-diabetes and I need to see a dietitian. And um, <laughs> and so I don't want to obviously just outright question right. the doctor right. and. Um, particularly with older, um, you know, o- over the age of maybe 45 or 50, um, you know, what the doctor says is is law. And so um, if the doctor is telling you to lose weight, so Claire, you and I know that that weight loss, if, if they're successful, uh, unfortunately, two years down the road is not, you know, the odds are not very good at, at being sustainable. I think I think it's dismal. I think it's 98% of people will gain any weight loss um, back within two years, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, yes, while you're, let's just pick diabetes. If, you know, let's say your blood glucose numbers may improve in the short term, but if you gain that weight back because you lost the weight through restriction, you're in two years, you're going to be right back to where you started. And there's a good chance you're actually going to be Gaining more weight than you than you lost initially. So um, I think once I sort of explain that to people, I kind of try to get them over to the um, health at every size approach, and we can really again begin to focus on those health behaviors, right? If we think about um, someone like Paula Dean, right? She was diagnosed with diabetes. She started to work out more. She started to walk. She started to eat more fresh fruits and vegetables, all of these good things that led to some weight loss and improved her diabetes. But you could have taken the weight loss off the table and the numbers would have still improved because she was adopting those healthy behaviors. And I think the success that people see with, um, you know, not only eating healthier and moving more, but even just sleep and stress, if we address those all of those things um, we can make a, a big difference in in the diabetic numbers. And I, I think it's so sad because so often um, so many people come into my office and when I, I may be the first healthcare pr- practitioner that tells them, you know, this is not your fault. Like mm-hmm. you didn't do anything wrong to create diabetes. Like it's it's genetic, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's genetic and um, so, let's just work with what we got and and do the best we can. And again, it comes back to sort of putting that weight on the, the back burner, so to speak.
0: Yeah. And I love that too, kind of what we were talking about towards the beginning of the episode when I was sharing about, you know, what happens with my clients when they come in and we shift the conversation and we do hold space for compassion. I find that that's just a healthier environment in general, because like I said, you know, they have more space and we have more mental bandwidth to say, well, this isn't my fault or if I'm not spending all of my energy, um, blaming myself or saying negative things to myself, then I can really focus on, well, what can I do to serve? my here and now body. And it's just like this entire mindset shift that yeah. when we're focusing on, you know, the behaviors and what we do have control over rather than, you know, what we did not do to ourselves or, you know, move more effective ways to handle this. It can be, um, so, so empowering I feel for people and something yeah. That I always like to, to add whenever, you know, we're talking about behaviors over weight, kind of especially what you were talking about with the Paula Deen story there, is weight is not a behavior. So I always tell people, and this kind of even comes back to one of my first questions, just a big misconception around intuitive eating and haze. I feel like people often reduce the message and again we're all just doing the best we can with the information that we have and there is a lot of misinformation out there but it's very easily reduced to eat whatever the heck you want all the time and just throw caution to the wind and just don't pay attention to it and I'm like You know, I can see maybe if you're just not looking into the depth and all of the stuff that there is here, I can see how one might perceive that. But really, it's quite the opposite. We're saying let's put weight on the back burner because weight is not a behavior and say, well, what are behaviors that you have access to, that you enjoy, that add value to your life that might get you farther in the long run? Again, looking past that, like, 2 your window, because as you say, I feel like many of us, and this is just how we're wired, I feel like, or how diet culture has taught us to think about health and air quote success on the health journey, we are hardwired to think about the short term, right? What can I do in the short term to improve my blood glucose numbers or to um, lose weight or whatever that might be? But we oftentimes fall short in saying, well, what might these here and now behaviors do for the long run of my health. So what I would kind of like to end on here, just with like a, a wrap up question that is very tactical, because something that I love doing with podcast guests, because I know we get into conversation that can be very like up here, I'm pointing to my head for everyone who can't see me. But I love to, to help break it down to say, well, what is something who someone is listening, either the day this comes out or the day after or in the, the months after when they're hearing us talk about healthy behaviors to get them farther than that like one to two year window, um, what is maybe an idea or a question that someone could ask themselves to say, okay, I'm down with putting weight on the back burner, but what the heck do I shift my attention towards if I'm not chasing this weight loss goal? So I know that's a big question, but maybe could you add any you know, advice or just point someone in the right direction as to what they might be able to start looking for if weight is no longer like that end all be all goal? Yeah,
1: so I'm gonna try to give a complicated answer here. So I think I think you're right, Claire, that it, it's sort of like human behavior to go to the two extremes, right? It's either I'm in restriction mode or it's throw caution to the wind, do whatever I want. And um health at every size and intuitive eating is really neither of those things. It's sort of coming to this middle place. And I think as dietitians, It can be challenging because we feel like we have all this information and we want to just spew the information out to someone right like we have all the answers or at least that's the way we kind of came out of school thinking well i have all these answers and i know what they should be doing and i'm going to just spew it all out to them um and then the person is feeling like left overwhelmed and thinking like i don't know how to implement any of those Or like in my early days of counseling, it's like, well, I can't do that because of this and I can't do that because of this, you know? And so if you just kind of flip it and if, um, if someone's listening to this, if you can ask yourself, what is one thing I can do today to sort of start moving that needle in the right direction? And I tell people all the time, you know, the walk around the block that you take today is so much better than the 5K you never run. (laughs) You know, um, just putting on your sneakers and walking out the front door is the hardest part of exercise. So if you just put on your sneakers and you go out front and you stand there for five minutes, you know, that's progress because you're probably not going to just stand out there. I mean, you might, but you, you know, if not, you'll start walking. And if you don't put any kind of limits on yourself and you don't say, oh, well, if I'm not at the gym and I'm not like, you know pounding it out like it doesn't count if you don't get into that all or nothing thinking and you just think, well, what can I do today? Um, That seems to be really helpful for people.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. And I think something that comes with that is don't discredit yourself, right? Right. And I think that's something, I mean, it's really quite genius what the diet industry does and its marketing tactics. It's like, let's sell these programs or these shakes or whatever it might be that will work again for that short amount of time like you and I were speaking about. And you'll feel better and you will feel good about yourself because you're doing something right or doing something good. But then when that doesn't <clears throat> doesn't work out or when that doesn't sustain you in the long run, then it comes you know people are discrediting themselves or saying i have failed or i haven't done enough but when we take away that framework that is built for failure, right? That is built to keep people coming back. And you right, say, exactly. well, yeah, I mean, it's genius, right? I'm like, why <laughs> didn't I come up with this? Right? Well, oh, because did, yeah, again, <laughs> it's my moral code of ethics. Like that's why I didn't come up with this. Um, but <laughs> then you really break it down and you say, well, which is one behavior that I can do today? Like you said, maybe it's walking. If that's something that someone enjoys or finds accessible, maybe it's sleeping a little bit more. Maybe it's, you know, finding a self-care behavior that has nothing to do with food or movement. That's just something that you enjoy because I think when we can recognize that health is super multi-dimensional and of course we need to eat we need to nourish our bodies and that's important but it's also not the end-all be-all and we can kind of frame all different types of behaviors as being something that can be health-promoting if we enjoy it you know it falls into that category i think it really takes a lot of the pressure off (laughs) that um, the diet industry thrives off of so um, that was an incredible just piece of advice and i have loved our conversation so far as i've told you about two or three times before we even hit record. It has been one of my goals to have more intuitive eating and health at every size aligned practitioners on because you get it. And I just want my listeners to have more tools in their toolbox to make this journey a reality for them. But um, before I have my I guess it's two final, very just brief questions. Is there anything else that you just want to add or just you know put into our conversation that maybe has been on the tip of your tongue, but we didn't get to just kind of anything before we wrap up here?
1: Yeah, so I think um the one thing that I was just thinking I was. Thinking a lot of times I prescribe vitamin F to people, which is fun, family, friends, you know, just go out there and and just have a good time. Because if you are just kind of home and kind of closing in, it, it can... Affects your health, and so that's like the big thing. Is just and that's an easy one, right? Just vitamin F. Go, go on Meetup.com, or call an old friend, or whatever it is. Go have some fun. Um, so that's one thing. And I think the other piece, uh, you know, something that early on um, I learned is that we all have this sort of inner critic, right? This, this what we call this inner mean girl. I think the, mm-hmm. I think it's the be nourished, um, is they talk about this inner mean girl, right? And so sometimes that inner mean girl can get so strong that it overpowers everything else. And so if you can kind of, um, acknowledge that inner critic or that inner mean girl and sort of say, yeah, I, I hear you that, okay. You know, calling an old friend, isn't going to like be the end all be all (laughs) right. Going to that extreme thinking. Um, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. You know, and I kind love of like that idea of like you can't hate yourself, you know, healthy.
0: Mhm. All right. of that, I'm definitely going to have to take and recycle and give you credit for <laughs> vitamin F. I'm, I'm not shocked that that's something that you prescribe, knowing a bit more about you and your personality now, but it's so true, right? Because when yeah. we're looking at diets, like, they're, we are vitamin F deficient, right? I <laughs> we know. We are. Sh- vitamin sh- F for everyone. <laughs> vitamin F, that's going to be your new supplement, right? It's just going to be a <laughs> bottle, and all it's going to have in it are like little post it notes about, like, go do this <laughs> with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> that would be super cute. You should do that.
1: <laughs> I know, right? We, we need to, we need to market that.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, well Heather, it has been wonderful getting to know you a little bit more and having you here on the podcast. I have two wrap up questions. One is a bit of a logistical question. If people are hearing your message. They love what you have to share. They need another just fun and lighthearted and upbeat dietitian on their feeds, multiple there. Cause I know you're on multiple social media channels, but yeah. where is the best place to find you and get in contact with you?
1: So I am on Instagram. Um, not a whole lot, but I am on there and that is, um, Hayes Philly RD. So it's H A E S Philly with a Y R D. Um, So you can find me there. And then I'm also on Facebook. I have an intuitive nutrition page. And I also just recently started a group. And the group is intuitive eaters who believe in health at every size. So if you search under groups, you should find us and answer a few quick questions and I will let you into the group.
0: I love that. Well, those are two awesome resources for people to go get their hands on or get their computers on, maybe. Uh, But the final question that I have for you, this is something that I ask all of my guests at the end of our episodes, because something that I really preach here on this platform, and I know you align with as well, is just being a little bit more gentle with ourselves, giving ourselves space, and just not letting that inner critic voice as you were speaking about get too loud. call her the girl in the back seat Again, <laughs> different, different uh, <laughs> phrases, but same general analogy. But what is something that you do on the regular, maybe it's daily, maybe it's just every once in a while to just pat yourself on the back and take some time for yourself rather than uh, beating yourself up for maybe all that hasn't been done yet?
1: oh wow yeah i think uh i think that's something i maybe still struggle with just like everyone (laughs) yeah Um, self-care is is a challenge but um you know i think it's really just taking some time for myself and sort of acknowledging the dishes will always be there the laundry will always be there and i can just go out and take a walk or hit the yoga class or whatever and come back and and do that. And um, in my spare time, I am actually working on uh, novels. So sometimes I do that too.
0: (laughs) Wow. Well, when that comes to fruition, I don't know how far along in that you are, but way in <laughs> oh, wow well still that is a lot of words already i can imagine so you'll have to keep us posted on that you know when it's out in the future i'll have to go back and edit the podcast notes so we can That's we right. can put that in there but it has been a pleasure connecting with you we're actually not that far away from each other in real life i'm in the dc area you're in philly so yeah. if i'm ever up there we will have to connect but thank you so much for sharing your voice your story your truth with everyone here on On the podcast. And my friends, everyone who is listening, that is all we have today. Yours, Julie, Heather, and Claire. Hey friends, me again, just wanted to pop back in one final time to say thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Yours Truly podcast. As always, if you love what we do here on the show, if you find a lot of value in these conversations, if you're walking away with even one thing that you have to better your health, your life, your intuitive eating journey moving forward, please do not hesitate to like, love, and share this episode. The best way to help this podcast grow is for you to tap those five, stars to leave a rating and a review if you have a few moments to spare and you love what you hear and of course if anyone in your life could really benefit from hearing this exact podcast or this exact episode please feel free to share the link on itunes all you have to do is tap those three dots in the bottom right hand corner of your screen to get a shareable link you can text it you can email it you can even take a screenshot and just share this on social media i would be forever grateful and thanks again for being here and allowing me to take part in your day so that is all for this time see you next wednesday